Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch and get real. Oh my gosh. So I am so excited to welcome Dr. Kim Andrews to the show today. Of course, she is a friend of the show. She's a friend of Diana's. So Diana, I'm going to give you a chance to gush over her just a bit before we like, you know, officially introduce her. So, so, so do your thing, Diana. Okay. Uh, listen, I was going to wait, but <laughs> I, because I am going to gush, but I'm going to let Kim jump in and tell the story on how we met because it was an instant love affair. This one, this one happened as soon as she sat down next to me, we were like, woo, kismet, like get all it. Right. Yeah. All of the energy it was right there. Instant love affair. Um, and we were away for the weekend too. It was like super sexy. Go ahead. Hi, Kim. I'm so excited it, you're here. <laughs> Hi, Diana. <laughs> Thank you for having me today. Yes, it was definitely an instant love affair. We were at Kripalu at an event mm -hmm. and uh, I came in late and sat down next to Diana. And as soon as she said that she was a therapist, it was instantaneous. And we instantaneous. just spent yes. the rest of the weekend together. Great. We, did. we had a great time. It's really, it it's, it's so nice when you roll up to those things and like the person that sits down next to you is like in the same discipline and you get to like, really, like we got to like talk it out all of it over lunch in our we own did. little, it was like supervision for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. It and was awesome. And then we shut down Kripalu after that. Right. It was the last hurrah. <laughs> it was the last thing that we did. It was back in February of last year. Yeah. Kim, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are? Sure. I am a psychotherapist by training. I'm also a certified life coach. I live in Manchester, Connecticut. Um, I've been working in the field for a long, long time. Don't need to go there, but... Um, Love helping people. I'm very involved in human rights. Um, I've traveled all over the world. I really love to help people so that they can find their best selves. My own story is about having depression and anxiety, especially growing up, and how I have overcome that in some ways. And of course, still struggle with it, like everybody else. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's really, I'm really interested in, right now, I'm really studying about the mind and different ways to change mindset and doing things like that. So I just love to keep learning. Oh, human beings are 
great subject to learn about. <laughs> yes, forever changing and always um always something to learn about the mind and the brain and all of those things. So one of the, I mean, I'm super interested in what you do. So uh, I know that there's um, your training, your actual psychology training is different than mine and, uh, and different than Anisha's. And there's a fusion of spiritual practice in it. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Tell us, tell us about that spiritual journey and where the two, uh, connect so overlap okay um I was definitely the weird little kid who liked going to Sunday school and loved uh, my mom was very very involved in Lutheran church um so I loved going with her and they had these huge silver platters with the little confirmation cups you know that they had sure um you know, I loved all the ritual stuff and cleaning those and doing all that, all the spirituals, all the stories and the history and all that kind of stuff. So as a kid, I was really interested. As I got older, as a teenager, of course, I started questioning too much and I got in a lot of trouble <laughs> questioning things and stuff. So, but um, also was fortunate enough to have a gym teacher that taught us yoga and that kind of opened up some spiritual stuff. But all my life, I've just been very interested in spirit and how it's helped me, but it's also hindered me in different ways. And then when I was, I, I got my bachelor's degree actually in anthropology. Mm-hmm. So I definitely got interested in different cultures and different spiritual practices and religions and that as well. And then when I was getting my master's degree in San Francisco, spirituality came up again because somebody introduced me to. Um, a meditation practice and uh, called City Yoga, and I got really involved in that. <laughs> you know City Yoga? I do, I do, I do. Yes. 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 I got really, really into that. So that was a, a time in my life when I really kind of entrenched myself in spiritual practices and things. So and then I, I, uh, before ahead. I want to make sure that I'm right. Guru Mai, right? Correct. Okay. Guru Mai. Chidvalasananda, I think it's yeah. So I got really involved in that. So it's just always been something that's been there. And then I started finding people that had sort of fused psychology and spirituality, Ken Wilber, you know, different people like that. And mm-hmm. so they it just all, all goes together. together. It just all goes together to me. Like yeah. even if you're really not into spiritual, I guess, uh, even like an atheist. I remember even when I was in San Francisco, there was, um, you know, 12 step groups for atheists, you know, and stuff like that. So here in Connecticut, you don't have, or at least where I am, there's not, you know, so such a variety of 12 step groups. Um, But Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just a fascinating topic to me. So psychology and spirituality just kind of go together in my mind. Um, I'm with you. I, uh, my undergrad degree is in psych and religion. And then, ah, uh, no yeah. wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No wonder we love each other. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I've done, uh, you know, we talk about me being a yoga teacher on the show all the time. We don't have to talk about it today. Everybody knows. <laughs> I think yes. what's interesting is that the training that I've had, it's always about not fusing anything with spirituality and religion with the psychotherapy. So it's great that, you know, when you do it the way that you've done it, you kind of have that permission to introduce it into the room. Um, Do you think that you have a specific type of client who comes in who really wants to kind of explore their spirituality as well? 
I think actually it's funny you asked that because lately I have had uh, new clients coming and they have seen that on my website or on my Instagram feed or something. And so it is exactly that. They said, oh, for once, I feel like I have permission where I can talk about this because I had a new client who came in and who was raised in a very, very strict religious household. And as she's gotten older now, she's trying to explore, she wants to explore other spirituality. And of course, for her, she was raised in an environment where that's wrong. And so it was a big step for her to even just think about doing that. So, but I do think like like traditional psychological education and stuff, whether, because I mean, I got my master's degree in rehabilitation counseling. Um, Mm -hmm. It is very much so you, you didn't talk about that. You know, it's much more clear. Yeah, it just felt like a huge taboo, right? And mm-hmm. and so I, I love the yeah. fact that you are infusing the two and you're helping people in a different way where maybe they don't feel like they need to go to maybe like a pastor or someone and you, right? Like they can bring it all in one room and, and really yeah. be able to explore and process these things that are so important to them that are impacting them on a daily basis, right? That and they I, might not bring yeah. in the room with me. And I, and I think, too, the other part that's really important is that for some people, some people, their spiritual life or religious life is that important to them. It directs their life, you know. So I think trying to keep that separate to how they're feeling mentally and emotionally, I don't know, it, it just seems counterintuitive to me. But I think sometimes what's challenging is being able to stay spiritual and not get caught up in the religious aspects of things, you know, and dogma and people sometimes I think can feel judged, judged. So, um, yeah, I can see that. Go ahead, Diana. Well, no, I, yes. And I was thinking about how, um, when we, when we see clients that come into the, into the room and they do have a spiritual practice. And I know that, uh, my, when my own personal study of uh, religion and psychology and then like out, outside of the classroom and like in my life and being able to use those techniques in the treatment room. And then for me, I found a separation for a long time from them. Mm-hmm. Right. But like every so often I would say like to a patient, okay, right now I'm going to put on my yoga teacher hat and we're going to talk about the different way that this is like, I would almost like switch gears in so that. I could bring that part of myself in and say, okay, and we're going to talk about what's going on in your body. And we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. uh, what that's like so that then they could put it into words. And I think that when we start to look at the two experiences and we start talking about the mind body practice, which is, you know, one of my passions and one of the things that we really uh, emphasize here on Be Real is that we, that your mental health is as important as your physical health, but the two of them live in the same body. So you want to make sure that we are talking about all of these things all of the time. We also know that you are along with your spiritual practice and the psychotherapy work, you're also a coach. So can you tell us a little bit about being the difference between being a life coach and being a psychotherapist because we <laughs> we try to answer that question on the regular we're like yeah no no we are not life coaches we are not so sure it's funny because um most people that i know you know that are psychotherapists 
they think life uh, life coaches are just a bunch of idiots, really. I mean, well, I, I mean, remember maybe having it's this a conversation. strong word. <laughs> and, no, 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 no. And I, and I we I definitely totally don't say that it. behind closed doors. We say some things, but not that. We don't. We would never, <laughs> and we would never say that. But I think that, like, there is this this idea. Uh, well, I like that you're fusing the two. I mean, there's a lot of fusion in the work that you're doing, but I also like that, like, if somebody comes to you for coaching there, you can't, you have that piece, right? Like, that's like, mm-hmm. Ooh, okay, hold on. Woo, 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 woo. Let's we I can coach you, but this is, this is almost like when I say I'm going to switch uh, into my yoga teacher hat, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I'm going to put on my therapist hat for you for a second so that we can dig down a little bit deeper in this role. Does that what ha- I'm imagining that's what happens if I come to you for coaching? Um, well, that's my fantasy. <laughs> so first of all, the thing I, you know about coaching is, you know, anybody can take a weekend course for 10 hours and call themselves a life coach. Well, I mean, yes, you know, that's one of the things I mean, I've had this conversation over and over and over again with, you know, colleagues and friends of mine who are psychotherapists, which I get because as both of you have done, you know, you have to get a master's degree, you got to get licensed. I mean, there's a lot that goes, there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, the price tag itself is a little different. (laughs) 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 Just start with the price tag. Good. Yeah. So, you know, that's one thing. And the the level of knowledge is completely different, but the work is very different. You know, coaching is really based in the here and now. It's goal oriented. It's action oriented. It's how are you going to get from here to where you want to be? Life coaching, as I know it, they're not interested in the past, the traumas. They don't want to, they're not supposed to. You're not, that's not your job as a life coach to get into all the emotional, the mental health, the traumas, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. that might be holding somebody back. I mean, I'm sure you, you know, you guys have seen it, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't focus on why the problems exist, you know, or why somebody can't accomplish the goals that they want mm-hmm. to accomplish. It's mm-hmm. just, how are you going to do it? right? You come up with an action plan, might be baby steps, might be big leaps, whatever it is, but that's what you do. It's not, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I went to a coaching school. It's called IPEC, the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. Um, Bruce Schneider is the person that started it. He had a near-death experience and uh, he really put together a whole program. It's about psychology, metaphysics, hypnotherapy, NLP, leadership development, all this kind of stuff. So it kind of goes along with the other fusions for me. It's all about energy work. It's all about raising your energy. It's all, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's very fascinating for me. So you kind of identify people's energetic blocks called core energy process and then move them forward that way. This Obviously, sounds like it was a little bit more. I'm sorry, I was supposed to put up my yeah. finger. This sounds like it's a little bit more than 10 hour, ten hours on the weekend, though. That sounds a little bit in depth. Oh, it was in depth. Yeah. It was a year. It was a yeah. year program. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it was okay, a, cool. yeah, it was a whole was, year mm-hmm. program. And then there was a certification process. And then, you know, you can, as a life coach or as a coach, go through the whole, there's a whole international federation of coaches, you know, Mm -hmm. you can take it to the next level if you want. And you know about what therapists do. (laughs) Yeah, no, we we have an idea. We have a good idea about what therapists do. But this, this coaching program that you've gone through sounds really uh, fascinating to me. I'm over here Googling it. But um, 
I can yeah. now, but what made you decide, this is a, here's a question. What made you decide to become a coach in addition to being a psychotherapist? Now, energetically, it is different too. Yeah. Yes. But I think what it is really is that, so like I said earlier, my master's degree is in rehabilitation counseling, mm-hmm. which is much more in line with coaching. It's very action oriented. So that was probably one, once I got a taste of coaching, yeah, I just, I, I, I really liked it. I thought, oh, this is really good. So I love the idea of the fusion of psychotherapy in a certain way, the emotional blocks, all of that kind of stuff with the actual action of doing something and following through with it. You know, I also worked in addiction for many years, same kind of thing, right? You want to get somebody from where they are to where they want to be, right? Right. And someone who really wants to live a better life and be clean and sober, you got to start here and you end up wherever they are. There are some steps that you have to take. It is very goal-oriented. For sure. I think I can see how the two go hand in hand, for sure. So I love, you know, I like that a lot. I was thinking about our conversation last week, Diana, on the show about therapy, right? Finding a therapist, all the things and how we talked about therapy could be for forever. Like if you want it to be, you know, and just kind of, we do have goals in therapy, but like they continuously change because all of these other things continue to come up. So I love that with coaching, there is a true focus and it's not, it doesn't have to be something that you do for a long period of time. You can go see someone and say, Hey, this is the thing I want to work on. Mm -hmm. And we work on that thing. And also for me as a therapist, it would give me a chance to give a little bit more tough love, I think, which would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) I I wouldn't have to, you know, baby step and ease into everything. You know, the way that we talk to our clients is very different. And sometimes I want to give like some real like tough love, like, okay, how are we going to get from here to here? Like what's going to happen? But, you know, we don't work in that way. So I think that there's a piece of me that would love to do some coaching as well. Right. Cause you said energetically, it does feel different. I think the sessions feel very different when you're sitting with someone. So well, yeah. The, right. The drive that you use in the room with, I mean, I, as we know, I have multiple coaches, multiple therapists. <laughs> like I'm like, a team. I'm like you, everybody's you favorite client. Like as long a as village. I am exactly, as long as I am the favorite or I'm considered the favorite in the moment, <laughs> I'm like, sign me up. So I have, yes, right now I ha- I'm shifting coaches and I love coaching because it is like, I come with a problem. It's uh, either, I haven't used a life coach per se, but I definitely use business coaches all the time. Mm-hmm. And my business coaches mm-hmm. tend to have, like my current business coach is very all about the energy that I use, like what's going on, like where am I wasting my energy, where am I like exerting too much energy, what is fulfilling me, what, and those kinds of things. So I'm having those conversations, which I think are great, but like I have a goal. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, it's very it's, clear. <laughs> it's very clear. I have a goal there. In my <laughs> analytic work, I'm like, holy shit, what was that feeling and why am I having it? Like it's, it's, it's so different, but I like having those experiences. Mm-hmm. So I know I am curious what it would be like to coach somebody. Um, now, I don't know. I don't know if that's where I'm going to go anywhere in my future, but it's kind of interesting. 
He definitely has yeah. us um, researching this program that you were in, Kim. Basically, I think that that's what we're both telling you. Uh, <laughs> we're like, we, we might oh, be well, we'll talk. over to the other side. Okay, um, Anisha's so going to sign up for something before <laughs> this episode is over. So we're going to take a break right now and then we're going to come back. And we're going to find out exactly what Anisha's going to sign up Get for signed in up today's for. episode. <laughs> As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy. And if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of Be Well Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. Be Well is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over 15 licensed therapists, Be Well offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief, or loss. To learn more, visit BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, that's one word, to 484848 to get connected with a therapist today. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, one word, B-E-W-E-L-L to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show. So we are back from break and Kim, we can't wait to kind of dive into your program. So we know that you have a 90 day kickoff and the six month program. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about it? We'll start with your 90 day. Most of the work that I do as a coach, I do one-on-one. So I tailor my programs personally for what somebody's needs are. Um, most of the time I'm working with women. I do have a couple of men that do venture in now and then, but they're very special <laughs> circumstances. We love usually. when they come. Mm-hmm. But, we love yeah, when they and come. I, have to, I do love when they come. And I have to say, I've had some really great experiences working with them, but they're definitely unique. I usually work with people who want to holistically Um, make changes in their life. They're usually women who are not happy with what's going on. They may have even tried traditional therapy, medications, did not get the results that they were looking for. Um, So they want to do something that's more mind, body, spirit, as we talked about. So I will focus on what's the thinking patterns, the mindset, all of that that's holding them back from making the changes that they want in their life. Also, body-wise, you know, how are they in their body? Are they in their body? Mm -hmm. Um, What do they do movement-wise, all that kind of stuff? And then, of course, you know, spiritual beliefs always seem to show up there. But the 90-day program, we usually focus on one, maybe two aspects that they really want to change and really implement in their life so that they're a lasting habit change. Most women that I've talk to that want to do one of my programs, you know, they've tried many times to do something on their own and are just not able to. One of the women that I recently worked with was, it was around her alcohol consumption. She didn't want to stay sober, but she wanted to really change her whole relationship with alcohol, which um, we were able to do. So, so um, I have, I have 
two questions. Uh, one, and I don't, you know, you might not actually know the answer to this one. I'm just sort of, I know that there's like a predictor of time to change a habit. Is that 30 days or 90 days? I feel like that's a statistic that Anisha knows. I think it's 30. 21 days. 21? It's, I was going to say, yeah, I think it's 21 or 28 or something like that days. So, to oh, change. to change and then like to have it really be in the, in the body, right? In the mind to change it. Mm. That's amazing. And so in the 90 day program, how much time do I get with you? You get... <laughs> <laughs> like do um, i get to how, talk to you every day are you gonna like what like well, whisper what in my ear every day like what does it look like so it's nine one-on-one -on -one sessions so we meet a week for an hour and sometimes we go over and then you take a week off and i take a week off yeah right sure <laughs> but, in be but in between uh yeah you know i use um what's it called? Voxer sometimes mm -hmm. for people to message me or text message, or I will check in with them. How's it going? Definitely a lot of accountability that way, right. you know, depending upon what somebody's needs are, but it's on them to let me know I'm struggling. I need your help. Not me. Hey, hey. what's going on? I haven't heard from you. You know, that kind of thing. So it's, so, well, I think that, that way. and in that, I think that that is what is, we talk about the difference between therapy and coaching and that, in that accountability piece, although we do, uh, we tend to be accountability partners for our patients, but there is that level of conversation that goes on back and forth and back and forth during a coaching session. That's different than the therapeutic model, mm -hmm. how much access I get to you or like what, what it looks like is so different. So that's, that's what I'm interested in. I like the 90 days set time once a week, I can email you, text you, let you know if I'm struggling and we can like talk about it and like, set that up in 90 days. Cool. Yeah. And then sometimes what happens is I'll start working with someone coaching and then it'll come up that there's something really underlying, you know, a traumatic event or something that's really underlying what's going on with them. We'll kind of put a halt to the co coaching and do a few therapy sessions if that's necessary and then go back to the coaching, you know, that kind of thing. That's so nice. Well, and that's so when you were talking before about me being a therapist and a coach, that's what I can do. Whereas if you're right. just going to a coach, they have to, you know, they usually coaches that I know they have a list of therapists that they might send somebody to and they'll say, you know, you need to go deal with this with a therapist. Right. Um, and you don't. And then they come back. So then the six month program is, you know, 18 sessions it's more time. It's way more in depth. Um, we can also look at more areas of your life that you may want to change. A lot of times then I get into people's like the relationships they have, especially the toxic ones, um, <laughs> those kind of things, you know, or they might be people who are involved in getting a degree. I had one person who she was getting her doctorate and she wanted accountability and changing her habits about, because she kept going the way she was. She's like, I'll never get done with this because she just kept procrastinating, procrastinating, and you know, those kind of things. So I worked with her to 
keep her on track and do all that kind of stuff. Do you ever notice that clients are reluctant to invest that six months, right? Like, do they feel like three months, like, let's fix it. Like, and then I can be gone and I'm going to be great after this. Are they ever reluctant to um, kind of put in that extra six months to kind of do the work? Yes. But what really ends up happening, they're (laughs) definitely reluctant. So, and that's why I'd say for a lot of people, they want to do these individual sessions instead of Mm -hmm. signing up for a package because it is, it's a big investment, you know, it's a time investment, financial investment, because of course, as you both know, the audience may not know. I mean, coaching is not paid for by insurance. Yes. That's a huge, it's a totally different thing. It's a very different, um, you know, situation. So, um, but what ends up happening is they just pay me for individual sessions, but in the end, it kind of ends up being the same. So I have to be careful for myself of not pigeonholing myself into that. It has to be this way, Mm -hmm. you know, or I can't work with you. And I do know some coaches who are like that. Like you either sign up for my package or you're done. You know, we're, we're done. We're not, you know, and I, and I, I, that's just not who I am. I like the flexibility. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think people love that. They need that. Like rigidity doesn't work for so many people for so many reasons, right? And so it could be really triggering for them too. So for you to be very just flexible and able to kind of in some ways go with the flow, you know, as a um, a client, that would make me really happy because rigidity doesn't work for me either. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> doesn't work for me. Especially for me, you know, I didn't do this dance between, you know, the perfectionism and just kind of going off into the abyss. So when it gets too rigid for me, it's, it's, it's not good either. So, and I, and I think it's a good learning experience for both of us. Um, so, I mean, I like a little rigidity, but mm-hmm. I do like the flexibility in it too. I mean, I, I like the flexibility in the, in the two packages in the way that uh, you can move your hat from like coaching to therapy so that you can get actually reach your goal, which I think is, so nice and you don't have to refer out, which is also really nice, right? The relationship can take on so many forms. Let's talk about this, this makeover your morning. I mean, I think, oh. it, I think really Anisha should talk about it. Um, What's going on, Anisha? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a running joke, Kim, that we have such amazing guests that come onto the show and they always offer some, you know, really great experiences that I often like sign up for stuff. Um, so, you know, of course, in researching when you were coming onto the show, I went on your website, kind of deep dived a little bit. And um, I know that you do this kind of make over your morning. You send out a meditation and I've been saying to myself, I'm trying to meditate more, but just kind of being just kind of quiet and still with my thoughts doesn't work. So to have more of a guided meditation is is super helpful. Yeah. So I signed up that that's basically what they're getting to. So I've already signed up and it's already been sent to my email. So thank you so much, Kim. But if you want to tell our listeners a little bit more about like how you came up with it and what are you noticing about people in their relationship to morning? (laughs) the morning period well, of the day. <laughs> well, there's your morning crew and then there's your night crew. <laughs> I have always been a morning person. So that, you know, it's been my my time of day where I, 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 I like morning. I like getting up early. But I think that also has to do with having lived at an ashram where you get up at 4.30 in the morning. So I got very used to it. 
Um, but the morning research shows too, how you set up your morning is definitely going to have an effect on how your day goes. So you can have a short little morning routine or you, if you have time allows for you to have, you know, a couple of hours, that's great too. But for most people like rushing around in the morning, you know, gulping down your coffee, not eating breakfast, it doesn't work. It sets them up for just irritability, crankiness, feeling frazzled, things like that. So even if you just take five minutes and just do some breathing, like you're saying, quiet your thoughts, you know, things like that, it can give you a better start to the day, shall we say. But one of the things too about the morning is the night before, right? So Oftentimes, most of us are not getting sleep right, for a variety of different reasons. You know, get yourself on a good sleep, you know, they call sleep hygiene, things like that um, can also be a big deal. Of course, one of the things I always see, and I'm definitely got to work on this myself, is the phone. The phone. Ooh. The phone. Mm-hmm. The phone you know, keeps you awake. Well, the phone and people, you know, scrolling and texting and on the phone until the last minute till they're going to go sleep. And then they wonder why they can't sleep. I see this a lot with younger people. Oh, they have such a hard time. So a couple of things that I'm intrigued about, right? One, I love the language sleep hygiene, because I think that that whole idea around sleep and, um, you know, I think, uh, I think it's been, sleep has been rebranded in a whole new way <laughs> from a whole different people for sure. But, uh, and I'm sure that linen companies are super psyched about it, but my, for myself personally, I have been thinking about my bedtime ritual. So for my morning, right? Like I get up early and I have like a very decent morning. And as you were talking, I was like, I don't know if about, it's so different now that I don't commute. Right. So when I start commuting again, I'm going to have to get up earlier because there's this hour in the morning that I really appreciate that I can have 10 minutes of meditation that I can just relax. I walk the dog. I feed the dog. I do scroll, but I get like I'm the most clear, uh, but I don't have to commute. Like there, I don't have to rush anywhere. <laughs> like if it just so happens that I end up working in my pajamas all day, I end up working in my pajamas all day and it's cool. But for me, it is the it is the going and that's such a different language than I had a year ago. I was never going to work in my pajamas all day. <laughs> I'm like, and if I work in my pajamas all day, it's cool. But that going to bed part is really hard for me. And I, um, I always ask my patients about their sleep, right? Like it's something like, I really want to know like how you sleep, how you're setting yourself up. I, I think you're a lot of your, um, a lot of the feelings, a lot of the thoughts we have that we can push aside while we're working um, are going about our day. And then when we finally get to sleep, they're like keeping us awake or not letting us fall asleep or waking us up in the middle of the night. So I do like when we talk about the morning to start thinking about when we, when we go to bed, I've actually speaking of the phone, set an alarm on my phone to remind me to go to bed. And does uh, it shut your phone off? I mean, or shut, it, shut. it doesn't, my phone does shut it. I have it on bedtime so that I can't be disturbed. Yeah. But my next step in my evolution of going to bed at a regular, like, I feel like I'm like re-sleep training myself is to not bring the phone into the bedroom. Correct. Yeah. That's the first step. That's the first step. <laughs> that I is mean, the first step. And then I leave have, my phone downstairs. 
It's on the like, charger and it's downstairs. And have like a good old fashioned alarm clock that like I can't snooze. Um, yes, ma'am. You know, I, as I was listening, my thought was I talked to a lot of people who go to sleep really late because it's they're trying to reclaim their time. Right. Mm-hmm. Because work takes up so much of our time and so much of our day. People are like, well, what about the time for me? I don't want to just like be done with work and then go to sleep. Right. Because I feel like in our society, we just we like we've been conditioned to work. Right. It slowed things down a little bit. But there's so many employers who are working their employees even harder since we've been in the pandemic because they're home all day. So they think that we can just work, work, work. So I have clients who are working until like 10 o'clock at night. So it's like, now, do I really want to go to sleep? Because what about me? What is it? What are the things that I want to do my time? And I find people up later and later. And I notice that I'll be up to like two o'clock in the morning because it's just like, well, what, what about me? I've been working all day. Now I want some me time, whatever that is that I decide to do with the time. But it's, it's as if it feels unfair if I just kind of worked and then went to sleep. Like, what type of life is this? Is this the life that I want for myself? It's definitely not healthy. But I think that we have to figure out how to do a better job of balancing, right? We want people to get that sleep, but then like, talk to me about how do I balance my day so I don't feel like all I'm doing is working and sleeping. Well, what that if, is very true. Yeah. And what if we rebrand, if we continue on the sleep rebrand and that this sleep is your time? I mean, you're taking care of yourself. It's like more self-care. It's like more in the self-care bucket when we go to bed at uh, that kind of time. The other thing too is that, you know, boundaries around work, you know, <laughs> life for all of us overachievers that, you know, it's, I mean, we have to learn so, how to kind of shut ourselves there's, off. Exactly. Um, we got really, we, 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 we I, so the morning and, but, but we do have one more thing that I want to capture okay. and we're almost going to run out of time. So I know that along with all of these other wonderful things and that we can get your meditation off your website and that you have the six, the 90 day and the six month coaching program starting in February, you're going to have a group for uh, women uh, around disordered eating. If you could like really quickly tell us sure. about that because we're almost sure. at the end. So it's a um, 12 week group. It's focused on uh, disordered eating. It's based on the book Eating in the Light of the Moon by Anita Johnston. Uh, so each week we look at two short chapters of the book and discuss it. Uh, it talks about a lot of the reasons why women have their disordered relationship with food and eating, which um, many women struggle struggle with. I'm going to be sending out some emails about that. Uh, if anybody is interested in doing the group, I do have a few spots left. You can email me or awesome. send me. And we'll make, yeah, I don't yes. mean to interrupt you. Yes. We'll make sure that okay. all that information is in the show notes. Sure. But can you just tell us your website? Where, where can people find you, Kim? Is um, www.drkimandrews.com. Awesome. I'm also and on Instagram at Dr. Kim Andrews. Yes, your Instagram is, I know, I follow you on Instagram. I see you right there. So we come to the last hurrah. Oh, Here yes. we are. So Anisha's going to bring it home. All right. So I have two questions for you, Kim, that have nothing to do with anything we talked about today. I hope um, it's not about the music. I remember when you guys were doing that. The songs <laughs> from the 80s or 70s or something. And I was like, well, if I have to come up with that, that's going to be tough. 
no, no, no. I promise you we won't do that. And Your interestingly enough, I thought about doing it today too, but okay. <laughs> Shame stop. No, we're gonna okay. So my question to you is if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your days, like every day, what would that what would that food be? Or what would the thing be? Who knows? Maybe it's not a food. I don't know. <laughs> mm. uh, that's that's a that's tough. That's almost as tough as a song thing. <laughs> um favorite food, probably sushi. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Okay. And my next question is, how have you been brave today? I know. Oh, coming on and doing this. (laughs) (laughs) I love when that's the answer. Because Diana can tell you, Diana will tell you sometime what I was uh, like when I first met her. I must have asked her a bajillion questions about everything imaginable. So (laughs) I have worked through some of that stuff, but. Um, showing up every day, just showing up Yeah, right now. It's awesome. I'm so glad you showed up. And here we are. This has been super, super fun. <sighs> the end of another episode. Always so sad and exciting at the same time. Thank you and so much, Kim. Thanks, Kim. You're very and welcome. Here we Thank are. you for having me. We're living in a pandemic still. Right, yes. Anisha? Yes. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. And wear your damn mask. Damn mask. Please, please. For all things holy, just wear the mask. So we can get okay. back to our life. I just want to go outside again. Exactly. Clothes. Um, <laughs> so we're heels. Gonna... Damn it. I want to have someone else to wear them we're, too. We're going to stop here and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.